If we look deep within ourselves, the greatest problem or concern most people have is the fear of being alone or loneliness. It is probably one of the most destructive feelings a person could ever have, the fear of being completely alone. But the Lord will never leave us alone. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. It is no secret that this life is not perfect. There's always something or some things that go wrong for one reason or another. The Bible teaches us that we will have trouble through this life. And just because we come to Christ does not mean that all of our troubles will go away well here. But however, the major difference between those of us that follow Christ and those that don't follow Christ is that we will never be alone. God will always be there with us every step of the way. We never have to fear loneliness when we abide in Christ. And we know that whatever happens, our eternal beings are safe in Him when we are committed to loving Him. Today's message is based on the book of Genesis, chapter 39. Let's listen to what God's Word has to say about this. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come, Lord God. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord, for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy, Lord God, for the salvation and hope that we have in you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you may please guide us through your word. Please always have mercy on us, O Lord. Heavenly Father, remember us in your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 39. This is the word of the Lord. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord had made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from that time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, 
He has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me. And I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Having the Lord in our lives does not guarantee us a life without problems. Problems in this life in general are unavoidable, no matter how much you try to stay away from them. Things are going to happen to you. It's inevitable. Now, the reasons for why certain things happen may be different, whether self-inflicted or just because of circumstances. But either way, life will be challenging. I would suggest even further to not think that other people have it better than you. Don't think that the family that looks like the perfect couple with the perfect kids and the perfect house is necessarily real. Behind that image, there are probably more problems than in the family that looks like they have a lot of issues from the outside. In the end, the grass is rarely greener on the other side. So having said this then, why do we have problems? And we've talked about this before. The sin in the world and the sin within us are what makes this life so challenging. Sin makes the world imperfect. It's not the way God intended for things to be, but that is the way things are for now. So someone may ask, if God is perfect and nothing happens without a say-so, then why does God allow for sin to exist? And the answer revolves around free will. God allows for sin to exist so there could be choice. And so, even though sin is bad, God has allowed for it to exist for now, so that we as humans can make choices based on our God-given free will. And here is something that is not very accepted in today's society, the word responsibility. When there is free will, then there is responsibility, like being responsible for our actions. That's why there's a judgment for both the believer and the non-believer. Everyone will give an account for what they do, whether good or evil. So that whole thing that Christians are free from responsibility of their evil actions is false. The Bible is very clear about that. And so the explanation that the Bible gives for why sin exists lies on decision, on choice. The world is a place for decision. That is one of the greatest reasons for the existence of this world. The outcome of your life and what happens in eternity all depends on the decisions that you make here, starting with accepting or not wanting to accept Jesus as the Lord of your life. Here's what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11 to 20, where it says, For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, 
who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments, His statutes and His judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. And so throughout this passage, God challenges people by stating reality in its clearest form. That is the all in life. God sets both paths before every man, woman, and child, the path to him and the path to the opposite. There are really no other choices. There are no grades. There isn't an intermediate position, no matter how much people try to find a medium. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, gives us another clear indication of choice, where it says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The choice is simple. To either love the Lord or not love the Lord. To either serve the Lord or serve sin. We are created beings with the purpose to serve. There is no way around that. You will serve someone or something because that is how we were created and how reality was established. It's as simple and as clear as that. There are no other paths to take as far as what determines a person's eternity. And there is a responsibility with that because all choices have consequences. If there ever was a universal truth across the board, even in different belief systems, is this. Every single decision has consequences, just like everything in life has a price. The price you pay to follow down the path of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. The price you pay in following Christ may involve losing your physical life, but you gain eternity and all of God's promises. Here's another thing to keep in mind regarding the paths that are available, and that is how risky it is to think that there are many truths or many perfections or many paths to God. Not all paths lead to God. There is only one path that leads to God. Matthew chapter 7 says this, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. And so, it may appear that all roads lead to God. But the truth is, that the gate to God is narrow, and the way to Him is difficult. It's easy to follow the way to perdition. Many people want to believe that all religions and all beliefs lead to God, but that is false. Not every religion or belief system leads to the same God. Jesus was very clear on this. The only path that leads to God 
is Jesus Christ. For it is written, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And it is also written, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Therefore, there are not many gods, nor is the one God the same God throughout. And Jesus is the only mediator between God and men, no one else. Jesus explained it even further, how things need to be, which actually made many people choose to stop following him. In John chapter 6, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, He who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. And so, salvation in Christ does not consist merely of just believing in Him, but something much deeper and more intimate and life-changing. What Jesus is explaining here is that we must become one with Him. That's what it means to eat His flesh and drink His blood. That we have to take Him into our lives and that He must flow throughout our lives, permeating everything we are, just like the food we eat and the liquids we drink. Everything we consume gets broken down into inside our body and it makes its way throughout our whole system, through the bloodstream and into every cell. The presence of Christ, His Word, must permeate our entire being, not just certain areas. We can't compartmentalize our faith in Christ. We can't say, okay, Jesus, you are allowed to participate only where I tell you to. He needs to be the Lord and Master of our lives. And so, it's more than just believing. It's more than just leading a moral life. It's more than just trying to be a good person or trying to do good things. True faith in Christ involves complete and unconditional surrender without any reservations. That's why this whole notion of picking and choosing what you want to do and coming up with your own form or brand of Christianity or belief system is not going to get you anywhere with the Lord. The Lord is just that. He is the Lord and He must be the Lord of your life. Anything else will simply not suffice. Now coming back to the point that everything has a price, yet following Christ does not guarantee you a life of peace or of success or of perfect health or of having financial well-being. And this is what we saw in Joseph. Despite the fact that he loved the Lord, he had big problems. And even when he was doing things right, things did go wrong. Nonetheless, Joseph chose to love the Lord despite the circumstances. Joseph was willing to pay the price of remaining faithful to the Lord because he understood and believed that it was more worthwhile to endure whatever he needed to endure than denying his Lord or his faith in him for temporary relief. We will have affliction, 
But God gives us promises that surpass our temporary affliction. In John chapter 16, it says, Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. God will be with us. Jesus overcame the world. And so if we become one with Christ, then we also will overcome the world through Christ. Look at the wonderful promise we receive from God where John chapter 14 verse 23 says, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. The Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit will come into and remain in our lives if we repent from all of our sins, accepting Jesus as the Lord of our lives and stay in the course of remaining faithful to Him. That's the difference. God will live within us and be with us under any and all circumstances. There is no other greater reassurance. There is no other greater promise. If we remain faithful and steadfast in our faith in Christ, the Lord will be with us guaranteed. If we look deep within ourselves, the greatest problem or concern most people have is the fear of being alone or loneliness. It is probably one of the most destructive feelings a person could ever have, the fear of being completely alone. But the Lord will never leave us alone. Here are just a few of the many passages that shows us just how faithful God intends to be with us, where He promises that He will never leave you alone, even in your most difficult moments. Hebrews chapter 13 says, For He Himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? In Romans chapter 8 it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Psalm 23 says, which we all know very well, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 27 says, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. And the list goes on and on and on. If there is one thing we can count on when we have surrendered our lives to Christ, when we genuinely follow Him, is that He will always be there with us inside of our hearts throughout every circumstance. God was a Joseph. And if you put your faith and trust in the Lord, He will be with you as well. And if you have strayed away, He is a God of great mercy. For it is also written in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, If we say that we have no sin, 
we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And finally, in Matthew chapter 28, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. We should be able to understand through the Word of God that this world is truly imperfect and that all of that happens because of sin. But sin exists with the purpose to allow for free will. But with free will comes responsibility. And so we cannot just live life in a way like if tomorrow does not matter. Today matters, tomorrow matters, but eternity is what matters the most. Forever is in fact forever. And whatever we decide to do here and now impacts that eternity for good or for evil. We should not live life as follows, uh, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. We simply cannot afford to live life irresponsibly, for in doing so, we jeopardize our eternity. Our souls are worth more than a few supposedly good moments, for it is also written, for what will it profit a man if he gains the world and loses his own soul? But in all of this, the greatest thing we could ever have is never being left alone by God Almighty. If we live out a true faith in Christ, He, God, will always be with us at every moment, in every situation, under any and all circumstances. Learn to love the Lord and you will never experience loneliness ever again. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, truly you are good, you are merciful, you are gracious. Who are we, O oh Lord, that you might remember man? We are so small, we are so tiny, but yet you care deeply about each and every one of us. And you know each and every one of us by name. And not only that, you know the very things that are inside of our hearts, of our minds. Our worries, our concerns, our, 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 our problems, Lord God, our feelings. You know, anything and everything in us. And you care about us. And you love us. And Lord God, the greatest offer that we have from you is that you want to be in our lives, in our hearts, that we never have to fear of being alone, but that you, God, will be with us. Thank you that we can trust in you. Thank you that we could put our faith in you. And thank you, Lord God, that we have a hope of eternity, that we will be with you forever and ever. We will be with the one that loved us above all things and that gave of himself, that gave his son, Jesus Christ, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be saved, and so that we can have an eternity with eternal rewards. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that everybody that is listening may come to have that relationship with you and that they may understand the value of that relationship with God Almighty and that they may know that they are not alone, but that you are with them, Heavenly Father. Help them to remain strong and faithful, Lord God, as you were strong and faithful towards us. When Jesus was walking his way to the cross, when he was nailed on the cross, and when he breathed his last breath, he was faithful until the end. 
Help us, O Lord, to be faithful to that end as well, knowing that we have a living hope in you. Thank you, O God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer or someone to talk to, please email us through our website. We would love to help. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes Store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.